0: This episode is brought to you by JScreen, help prevent cancer and genetic diseases in your family. JScreen now offers CancerGen, a state-of-the-art test that analyzes the BRCA genes and over 60 other cancer susceptibility genes. This test can be life-saving, and JScreen's ReproGen test screens for over 200 genetic diseases such as Tay-Sachs and cystic fibrosis. Genetic testing for reproductive risk can save your baby's life. Both tests are done confidentially from the comfort of your home on saliva and telehealth genetic counseling is included. Visit jscreen.org to request your screening kit and claim $50 off either of these tests, Reprogen or CancerGen, with the code JLP50 at checkout at jscreen.org. Offer expires 12-31-2021 and applies to those residing in the U.S. This episode is brought to you by Meet to Marry. If you're sick of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so, well, uh, disappointing, then it's time to try a radically new approach to call in the loving, lasting, healthy relationship of your dreams. Start doing that today by signing up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong man and finally summon your soulmate at meet to mary.com forward slash jewish love masterclass that's meet to mary.com forward slash jewish love masterclass jewish money matters episode 201 ask yael you're listening to jewish money matters the podcast where jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business money is a means to serve god in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. It's Friday, back here for an Ask Yael episode. Welcome to the show. I'm Yael Trush, your host. You knew that, right? <laughs> Friday, October 22nd, i I'll be going to be uh, answering questions from Robin, Kaylee, and Gisela. Uh, first, a recap. This week, we had Heather Chauvin, stage four cancer survivor, leadership coach and author of Dying to Be a Good Mother. She talked about the 180 that she did in her life in all areas, motherhood, finances, business, marriage, all as a result of her diagnosis, really powerful interview, good episode. On Wednesday, I talked about The Challenge of Wealth. I shared a a neat story. I love Hasidic stories um, from the great Rebbe of Karlin and that's in our Wednesday mini-sode. Check that out. Check those two episodes out. And on the home front we're prepping for about mitzvah coming up. And it's my birthday weekend. Yes, tomorrow, this Shabbat is actually my Hebrew birthday. My English birthday is coming up. Not yet. Um, it's coming up in November. So it is my Hebrew birthday. Very exciting. And I'm not going to pick a reviewer this week because there were no reviews, actually. <laughs> I mean, I could go into the archives and pick an old one. But I want to select, I want to keep it fresh. I want to select, you know, newer ones every week that come in. I really want to do that. And as you know, um, we get to sit for 20 minutes and chat. But since it's my birthday, I thought we'd do something extra fun. You know how I love picking a reviewer of the week and having a 20 minute chat with them. And here's what I want to do next week. Not only will I pick one reviewer, but I will pick two reviewers of the week and announce them here on the show. And of course, then. We get the opportunity to sit together and chat about whatever's on your mind. I love doing these things. I, I it's really a lot of fun, and also you will get the opportunity to be featured on the show and share your story if you so want to. So yes, get in behind the mic with me and share some of your own story with the audience. Sounds neat. You know, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Some people, you know, are not interested. This is just an added fun bonus element for this week, for my birthday week, because I know so many of you have a story that can help others, and I'm happy to give you the space to do that. Um, So leave those reviews. I look forward to those, and then I look forward to connecting with you. I will be picking two. So from everybody that comes, gets, gets in a review this week, from Friday, October 22nd until Friday, next Friday, I will pick out two, announce them on the show, and we I'll send you a link for us to have our time together. And of course, you have the option to come on the show with me. All right. By the way, just so you know, I think I've said it before, all you have to do is post that review on iTunes, and then I just pull it Um, from the iTunes review section on Friday. If you don't know how to do that, it's pretty easy. You can even do it as you're listening to me right now. Not if you're driving though. You go onto your Apple podcast library and you click on the shows icon, you know, that new little cover picture with the blue, right? And when you're inside the shows icon, you're going to see the you know, the show icon, and you're going to see the show description, you're going to see the list of episodes, latest episodes. And if you keep scrolling down the screen, it shows you a bunch of episodes, I think, up to 10 or something. I mean, it's it's a pretty extensive list, but then it stops. And the reason it stops is because then you enter the reviews section. So all you have to do is scroll down that screen for a little bit longer than you probably would, because you You know, you're not looking to go that far back in episodes, but you actually, actually get to the review section there. And that's where you rate the show and leave a review. All right. And you just click submit. Easy peasy. All right. Two reviewers will be announced next Friday. Yes, you're on it. Come on, people help me celebrate. All right. So that's my birthday celebration for at the moment. Maybe I'll share more about that next week. Let's tackle. Let's go into the mailbag. The first question is from Kaylee. Kaylee says, if you haven't been on top of managing your finances, where do you start? I get overwhelmed by it and I often feel like I don't know where to start. So I tend to just avoid it, which of course only makes it worse. Most of my life living with some health issues... You just don't budget because expenses are astronomical. So you do what you have to do, which includes a lot of debt. So part of me is scared to even look at the numbers, even though thankfully now I'm healthy and I can totally get everything under control. So where do I start? I love this question and congratulations, Kaylee. Yes, it's just so nice to hear that, you know, now you're on the other side, right? Like that you can take more you can become more organized about this, right? Um and congratulations on being healthy. It's it's a great place to be and I think this question applies to everybody. Um and the place to start for you and for all of us is with an audit. Right? I mean that word sounds so boring. I wish could we come up with a better word? I'm sure I have a better word for that. But yes, like an audit. Like what is What is the financial, I I actually, I have a better word for for that. I always call it and I have like a, I have a success path for my students and I call it, this is the investigator stage, which is not always the first stage. It's not the first stage that I teach my students. We always go further back on the emotional, but let's just, to your question about money management specifically, we're going to start with the investigator stage with the audit, right? That is, I'm going to investigate like, what is the financial picture? Now, not on an emotional level, not what do I feel it's like or even think it's like, because that you have covered, right? You have all your emotions and your feelings about and assumptions about what this looks like. We're just going to look at what do the numbers show me, period. We're just going to Block out an hour to dig through all the numbers. You might need more because there's an emotional element that I'll address in a second. But we're going to, the goal here is just to get a numbers picture, okay? How much, number one, how much do I have in my checking account? How much do I have in savings? Where and in what vehicles, what types of accounts, any longer term savings, any investments, like where are they? Again, you literally make a list, okay? How much do I have in debt itemized with the interest rate List it all out? Then we want to get clear on income and expenses. Of course, that's also part of this investigation, right? Um, you'd be surprised. So many people don't really know how much they're bringing in and they don't really know how much is coming out. So that's fine. this is why we're doing this. We got to get clarity on those numbers. What's my monthly income? What are my monthly expenses? Which, again, can be very fuzzy for some of us. Um, Then we're going to look at how much am I putting towards saving an investment and debt, perhaps a month? Like if you could get clear on that number, write it out. What percentage of income is that? Right. But that's all step. That's all the first step, the, the investigation, the audit. Right. And there's now... A, sub- a following step that 99% of us need, which is to track our money for a given period of time, probably a month, I would say, I would say a month is good. You could even do it for two weeks, but a month is good so that you're super clear on how you're spending it right? Because that's uh, the expenses part. Like how is that cash flow moving, right? And now you have a picture of the actual numbers and then you can start reading that picture. Okay, so what is this telling me, right? And these numbers are going to say different things to different people. How do you want how do you interpret them depending on where you live, what your goals are, what your values are, what they, they will tell you something about now, what's my next step? How do I want to proceed? Are they telling you that you've accumulated more debt than you like? Are you telling, are they telling you that there's less debt than you thought? Are they telling you, oh my gosh, I don't have any left, any debt or, you know, what are they saying? Are they telling you, um, you're doing great on liquid savings, but not as well on your longer term savings, or you'd like, or are they saying, please address my long term savings, or please get on saving for this thing that I didn't realize is so important to me, right? What are they? How do you want to interpret them now that you have them in front of me, right? Are Am I seeing that my expenses are too high relative to my income? Am I seeing that Perhaps I make enough money and so there's savings to be found there that could be used to fund some of the things that now I'm really realizing are important for me, right? So that now we start interpreting the picture and now we can then make a plan. Now we can say, okay, so what are those two to three super important things for me, which then I can go and break into mini steps, what needs to happen for in order for me to achieve these. And then we can even apply some leverage thinking, right? What's the lever that's going to move the needle here, that's going to move things forward, that's going to really start changing things? Is it tackling the debt first? Is it, you know, debt plus one savings goal at the same time? Is it just opening the savings accounts for some savings goals because i anyway make enough i just need a place to channel it so that it gets channeled into those savings and i don't get derailed and i just spend it elsewhere right so that you know now we start applying like the leverage thing thinking like what is the one thing that i need but the first first step is doing that investigation doing that audit don't avoid it kaylee um it's really actually so empowering to look at this. We're a lot more than you think. We have, we have we're we scared, but the clarity that it gives us is actually really neat because now we can, now we can actually take control. Now we can, we're anyway spending energy on this, right? We're anyway consumed kind of like by the negative energy of it, like the overwhelm, you called it, right? Like the fussiness, like that overwhelm, like, so now we can turn it into positive energy actually because it's now can be directed towards what you actually want want to do to achieve what you want to achieve okay so i'm just going to say one last thing about the overwhelm and the emotional side because this apply and this applies to you and to everybody you know and to you in particular because uh, as you said the debt sometimes if there is debt it, it, it still there might be there might not be um you know, it's so tied to to your journey of healing, you know, and there's so much gratitude that we need to feel for that. On the other hand, may- there's that conflicting emotion, because maybe we don't like that, debt. there might be that. So there's a lot to work through here emotionally. And that's why I said that usually with my students, we don't get into this stage till a little bit later in the process. There's, there's, there's much that we do before that. But I think that we can now that you've recognized, you know, I've been avoiding it, you can make a commitment to yourself to do the audit while while acknowledging that the same emotions that have been holding you back from doing it are going to try to keep you back from fulfilling your commitment to do this audit or this investigation. And so how do we work through that is we recognize those emotions during the process, right? So you could do things like emotional freedom technique, um, It can be really, really powerful and helpful, um, before you sit down with the numbers and right after, right? You can journal before and after about, Why is this so hard? What is what is my money story? What what is it? You know what's coming up for me. Those those are two of my um, favorite. And you could just you could also give yourself a time frame, right? You could say, you know what, this whole week, I'm committing to getting this audit in by Friday. I'm going to have a clear picture. Maybe you're going to break it in bite sized pieces. Maybe you're going to just try to tackle it all at once. But whatever it is, recognize that during that process you might want to, you will want to actually, in order to succeed, work through the emotions. Sometimes a body check-in can be really, really powerful. I think I've talked about that before on the show, right? So EFT, a body check-in, a journaling so that you can get that audit finally done and then and look forward to the clarity that it's going to give you, right? Think about what I'm saying, like, oh, yes, like now this is going to show me where I need to go. I don't need to be scared of this because it's actually exciting that now I can actually make a plan after this, right? So, then maybe you could say, if you, if you realize, you know what, I really need to get more clarity on these expenses, this is really going to move the needle here, I gotta, I gotta see so that I really see what the cash flow is like. So then I can really, you know, get very clear on my goals and how, what, what is a realistic goal? And how is it? How am I going to achieve it? So maybe you say, huh, now I could take all of November, let's say, or half November to track my expenses and see what is it that I'm doing with my money. And maybe December is going to be a great time for you to then plan and say, okay, great. I have enough data. Now I've interpreted the data. Now I'm going to sit and interpret the data and make a plan and work from there. Okay. So first step, Kaylee, do that audit, do that investigation. You can do it. It's going to give you a lot more clarity than you think. Next question is from Robin. Robin wants to know if she should pay her mortgage in the next three years. Here's what she says. I've laid out the pros and the cons of paying um, my mortgage early. There would be interest savings of over $7,000. There would be the feeling of accomplishment and my husband's peace of mind. The cons are having to pull out the money to prepay the mortgage from somewhere else. And here are the potential places where I could find that money. She says, I could pull out some money that's been saved for college, but I might not be pulling at all. And anyways, I think the kids need some skin in the game. Another source of funds could be money that's been saved for family trips to Israel Um, But if I was low on liquid funds for that, I have shares of stock that I could sell if we wanted to go on a trip. I also have some money saved up to do some renovations on the home and I could use that. And I also have some money that I've saved for a property in Israel or I could liquidate some investments. Okay, so I went back and I asked some more details about this and I found out that Robin's mortgage, her interest rate is 2.6% and she only has six years left. Okay, so her question is, should I be paying off this mortgage in the next three years? Great three years. (laughs) Great question. First of all, congratulations on having money for different goals. I mean, sounds like you're doing great. The answer to your question to me is a no, do not pay off that mortgage because that interest rate is so low. And you have your savings and your investments already so well directed and aligned with with goals um i don't think it makes sense to take funds from there to prepay this mortgage but we can also wish i want to break this up a little bit more for you and for everybody else to understand mathematically paying off your mortgage early might not make the most sense if you have a low interest rate lower than say what you would make investing that money as in robin's case but as you know Math is not all that's at stake here. There's also the emotional component. Robin, you suggest that your husband might feel better having this mortgage paid off. That's one side. But on the other hand, the money would be coming out of savings that you guys have worked hard to, you know, to achieve and you've directed very clearly towards certain goals that are important to you. So it you're potentially delaying those goals, right? So I think the first step here is to have this conversation with your husband. If your goals are more important than the interest savings of 7,000 plus dollars and the emotional burden of having this mortgage is not too high, right? If those goals are just more important than than all of that, then, you know, and meaning he's going to be happy also with, you know, the trips to Israel or buying that property or whatever those goals are, right? Then you might not want to prepay this mortgage. Then once you have that conversation and you just like discuss it, then just like, okay, yes, let's, let's not do this. It doesn't make sense, okay? I mean, you only have six years left. It's really not that long. So the question you guys need to look at is how comfortable are we both sticking to our goals while having a mortgage? Like, is this emotional burden that high that it warrants taking cash from elsewhere? And then if, we, if it was... And we were to take that cash, then from where of all those places you mentioned, where would it make more sense for us to take out the money from? And I mean, I can tell you that it doesn't make sense to take it from investment, so I wouldn't be looking at that. So then of the more liquid money, what would you be willing to forego to advance the prepayment of this loan? Are you forgoing the remodeling? Are you forgoing the Israel property? Are you foregoing for, the family trips to Israel? Um, as we know, it is important to have cash, it's important to have liquidity um, as well, also for. You know an unexpected opportunity i like to call it that rather than an emergency (laughs) so i think this conversation goes back to the values that you both have you know we've done great so far funding them how are we feeling about this and weighing that against the quote-unquote burden of having this loan this mortgage for another six years the answer to me is no don't prepay this mortgage at least not aggressively but I do think you have to have that conversation with your husband. Now, there is a hybrid approach here that you might wanna consider um, where you wouldn't be taking a huge amount from your savings, but rather you could talk to your lender about sending extra payments to add to your principal. That's important. You wanna, you want those extra payments to go, be going specifically towards principal. So, this is helpful, I think, for everybody to know this is a way that you could, that anybody who wanted to be, you know, prepaying their mortgage could design it, meaning you could send in one extra payment every year towards principal. Or another neat way to do it, and again, you have to tell your lender that that extra payment goes towards principal. But another neat way to do this, and this works quite well if you or your husband receive a salary every two weeks, is the following. Since you're receiving your salary in 26 payments, right? Every two weeks you're getting it. So you're getting 26 payments a year from your employer to account for the fact that there are 52 we- weeks in a year. So what you would do is you would be matching your mortgage payment with your payment schedule of 26 payments. So that instead of sending your lender 12 payments every single year, right? One per month, you would be sending them 26 payments. You would be paying them every two weeks, which will mean that there are two extra half payments that can be applied towards your principal. So you divide your monthly mortgage payment in half to see how much you'll pay every two weeks. And then two months per year, you would be making an extra half payment and those payments, those extra two half payments would be applied towards your principal. Again, you want to talk to your lender because you want to make sure that those payments will be going towards principal. So, to do the math here really quickly for people if that if maybe that helps. For example, rather than making 12 payments of 2000 for a yearly total of 24,000, let's say your mortgage is 2000 a month, right? So, rather than making 12 payments of 2000, which is a yearly mortgage payment of 24 000, thousand, you would make 26 total payments of a thousand every two weeks when you get your salary for a total payment of $26,000. So there's an extra $2,000 that you've paid your lender that now you want them to apply towards the principal. Okay. So that's that's, that's the, well, that's one way to do the hybrid approach. Another way is just to send an extra payment. So once again, if you ask me based on the info that I have and the interest rate and the amount that you have left on this mortgage and, you know, the allocation of savings towards your goals, I'd say don't prepay this mortgage, at least not aggressively stick to your goals unless this is, you know, too much of an emotional burden and that's fine that's fine. But you know, we got to acknowledge that. And so if it's so, if it is so, then perhaps you might want to consider a hybrid approach here rather than emptying those bank accounts. I would not, you know, I would not be so aggressive on this. I do still believe that it's important to have liquidity. So I, you know, if if anything, I would consider I, I wouldn't do it. But if anything, I would consider a hybrid approach if you can. reproductive genetic testing before marriage has been a widely accepted practice in our community for decades and because of this fewer babies have been born with genetic diseases the process really works i've done it and so will my children one day please god but with the advances in modern technology there is even more we could be doing and j screen is here to help j screen provides affordable at-home testing and genetic counseling via telehealth their testing panel consists of over 200 conditions and was carefully designed with the health of the jewish community in mind And did you know that Ashkenazi Jewish men and women face a 1 in 40 risk of carrying mutations in the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes? This is more than 10 times the risk in the general population. When a person knows they carry one of these mutations before they develop cancer, they can take advantage of available options for medical management and cancer risk reduction. This test saves lives. Whether kids are in your future or you want to know your risk of cancer, take control. Genetic testing saves lives. Go to jscreen.org today and claim $50 off testing with the code jlp50 that's jscreen.org code jlp50 Hey, are you sick and tired of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how come other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so disappointing? Is this the year that you want all that to change? It's time to try a radically new approach. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is a definition of insanity, period. Sign up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass there you'll learn from barry lyman founder of the meet to mary method endorsed by author and educator steve covey as smart principled and engaging ready for change ready to finally find your soulmate you know you are sign up for the free masterclass at meet to mary.com forward slash jewish love masterclass last question is from Gisela on Instagram. She says, "El, I love your podcast. It has so much light on this money topic. I listen to it whenever I'm in the gym. But still, my biggest struggle is to talk with my friends and family about money. Sometimes people are very close minded, and it can be very frustrating. Any suggestions there? Also, how did you become a prosperity coach? I think it's amazing what you're doing. You give people so much light. Thanks, Gisela. I'm happy that it's keeping you entertained and informed during your workout. I love that. I, you know, I hear you on the struggle with friends and family. There's that term that I've used before here on the show and on social media about the frenemy, right? The friend who's also an enemy. (laughs) You know, those friends who, you know, are not going to have your back whenever you're growing or improving on something. It just makes them so uncomfortable, right? Um, In this case, perhaps your finances and, you know, often will pester you with shiny opportunities to spend money, even though you've maybe clearly stated that you're trying to pay down debt or that you're sticking to a very lean budget because you have this ambitious goal to fund at the moment. Frenemies, you get it, right? Listen, I think that in general, we want to put very clear boundaries around the type of people we hang out with and, um, you know, around people who just don't get it or we're not going to be, we know we're not going to be supportive um, because there's been a trend and we know it already, right? It's, it's okay. Not every friend has to, you know, be completely aligned with you on and everything. And, and, in, and in any self-growth process, you're going to shed out some relationships. There's a core of people who, who will respect and who will not judge, even if they're not with you in the same process, and they will be, you know, there will always be with you. So and then there's, there's some that are not. So I think finding I think in addition to that, in addition to setting limits uh, around our loved ones, our lovely friends and family, I think finding also to complement like, because we also, we also don't want to navigate things alone. But we want to find people who are in the same wavelength, because there's just that momentum and that accountability and that support, right? So finding people who are in the same wavelength length is always helpful, it, it, it keeps us accountable, it keeps us motivated, it gives us more insights, it accelerates the process. And you know, sometimes virtually is good. Like the right books, the right authors, the a podcast. Yes, I I'd love to think that I'm one of those you know virtual friends who are just you know giving you that motivation, right, and keeping you kind of like centered on what's important for you and reminding you of that, right. A virtual group program, you know, those are great um, where you learn with with a with a mentor, with a leader, and you also have other people in the group who are on the same, you know, those things surrounding ourselves with those things are looking out for new friendships, even in our current environment, maybe somebody who, you know, we're not super close to, but we kind of like see that they're in the same kind of like that self growth speed. And you know, you'd be surprised, we meet tons of people, there's there's more people than we think that are kind of aligned with that. So it's okay to shed (laughs) some old feathers and bring some fresh, new people into our lives. In terms of family, Yes, limits are very good. Same idea. Not everybody gets it. And everybody has money stories. And often they just want, they're just projecting their own stories. And they just want to, you know, save us or protect us. Or they don't want us to be hurt. Or they don't want us, you know, like there's just so much projection that happens. And again, because we're in a, such an intimate relationship and there's so much love here, it gets a little tricky. So we want to put limits on on what we share, (laughs) and what you allow in terms of like, the opinions that are given, etc. So I'll say that, you know, your husband, if you have one is really the only important family member to consider everyone else's opinions can be left out, (laughs) either by not sharing too much, or setting other types of boundaries that that that's that's me. All right, so how did I become a prosperity coach? Yeah, I actually recently put that on my Instagram. I, I've I've changed that a couple of times. I thought maybe this is maybe this is how I could describe it. Like you know how you have like few, you know, few words that you can put on your Instagram bio. Maybe that's a good way because it's sort of what I do. You know, since it's just not financial coaching, right? Like there's such a huge spiritual component here and a holistic outlook. But titles aside, because that could change, right? We have something more catchy. Ladies, send it along. I mean, always happy. Uh, (laughs) I'll take any suggestions. Yes, I'm a podcast host, and I think that probably is first and foremost. But listen, it really all started with this podcast. I mean, and here's a plug for podcasting (laughs) or for creating content. It started with my speaking, not just on the podcast, but on stages. It started with my writing, writing is a big part of my life. and observing what women were struggling with. I knew I was here to serve women. I really loved teaching women, Jewish women specifically, but, you know, uh, be- because there was just a Jewish component to you know, that I felt so aligned and so compelled to always speak about. So the writing, the speaking on stages and on retreats, all about Jewish wisdom and spirituality, there was a great love there that just lit me up and I knew there was a need and I was serving that need. But then I I started digging a little bit deeper and asking the question, like, what is it that women are dealing with most often? And as I looked at the different pain points that I kept noticing um, based on just interaction with audiences or with readers, right? I kept coming back to one that while not super obvious, I have to say it's not always, it wasn't always the most obvious, I noticed was affecting many people. For one thing, it had affected me, right? So I was one of you know my ideal client, my ideal student, if you will. Right? I knew there had to be others. I knew that. Um, I knew that there were very few l- people leading the conversation, um, addressing financial issues in the way that I wanted them to be addressed, and in the way that I had found it helpful. The angle that I felt that was needed, and that I felt had been helpful to me on my personal journey, and that I felt so convinced was critical to help Jewish women. Um, So I started testing it. What would happen if I actually said these things? What would happen if I actually was brave and I spoke and I wrote about Judaism and money, right? I know I could speak about so much within Jewish wisdom and faith and all that, but like, what if I was like, what if I went out on a limb and actually said what nobody else is saying, right? Right. If I would bring in the Jewish wisdom that I knew helped me in combination with the more technical parts of Jewish management, and and isn't that where where the light happens? Because Judaism is meant to be practical, right? Um, And what would happen if people didn't have to go searching for answers to their financial problems, going to gurus, quote unquote, from other faiths, right? Experts from other faiths who are infusing their teachings inevitably and, and you know some of those teachings might be really basic or fundamental but inevitably infused with you know perspectives that come also from other faiths and they're going to remain nameless here but it was something that was happening a lot you know it was it was in, and i i even in all the materials that i read i'm like uh excuse me we invented this excuse me like this is jewish wisdom like w- like why why is it not anywhere right why are we not going to where the answers really are In my case, I believe in Jewish wisdom, right? So turns out that I have also technical knowledge and practical knowledge in this. I do have an education in this field. So my whole overarching theme throughout my career as a blogger and a speaker has been that Judaism is holistic, that Jewish wisdom is practical, that there's no separation, that we don't just pull Judaism out of the drawer a couple times a year when we have to or when we need to, right? But that it's a holistic, all-encompassing way of life. And if this has been my message, that's great. But what area of people's life do I want to focus on, right? What is it that they're suffering with that I know, and it could be many areas, but what is the one that for, You, Yael. And I kept going back to what is that one area that for you, Yael, you can really help with because you have the experience, you have the passion, you have the know how, there's a need, right? And I kept going back to that money piece. Um, So then I said, well, what if instead of just speaking and writing about it a couple times a year, I actually taught it? (laughs) Like, really, like sit with students and teach them. And that's when I launched my first iteration of my group program, Jewish Money Makeover. And then people, I started asking me to coach them one-on-one, so doing that, I started doing that, then it turned to, well, coach me along with my husband, right? So, and then that Jewish Money Makeover program evolved into a Spanish version of that program, and then into a, and, a, and also a longer version of that program. So, it's all been an evolution, but I think there's one important thing, theme here that anybody could take with them also in how they think about their career right is where can i be of service where do my experience talents capabilities interests intersect with the needs of those i enjoy helping where can i serve that's those are really the questions and having those questions front and center have led me to this path by the way I will be opening the doors to Jewish Money Makeover again this winter. I'm so excited. Really, really excited. The calendar is marked. The plan is laid out. I have a waiting list if anybody wants to join. I think that would be really helpful. Be good because you don't want to miss out if you're really feeling like, oh, I I need this and I'm really ready to work. So definitely stay tuned. You can do that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash wait list. All right that's a wrap ladies Kaylee Robin Gisela thank you for your questions leave a review that's the that's the call of the hour ladies today because it's my birthday right let's just do this everyone run to leave those reviews that's my birthday gift and my gift to you well aside from this show is our date together which I love doing and the opportunity to also feature your story which again going back to the idea of service right could probably serve so many others so you know i think that could be neat so but even if you don't want to let's leave those reviews let's sit down on a date head over to that review section and hopefully we can have many many reviews this week by towards the end of next week i can put in the raffle picker two of them will be announced so please god this week i'm counting on you don't forget to light those shabbat candles tonight on time shabbat shalom and i'll see you here next time